0: Warning, the information and details you hear on this podcast can be gruesome, graphic, and in some cases triggering. These are real people. These are real cases. This is true crime. Listening discretion is advised. welcome back to another episode of couch detectives i'm your host lb that's me and is it me or do sundays roll around like really fast i'm not complaining thank god for another day but sundays be creeping up on the player which just means i get to spend more time with you hey 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 As always, thank you all for being here. I will never, ever, ever get over the level of support that I receive from each and every one of you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the family. I hope you enjoy this episode and it will encourage you to stick around and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, be sure to follow Couch Detectives Podcast for visuals and updates on Instagram at Couch Detectives Podcast. Now, let's jump right into it. Today's case is one that I was actually going to do a couple of weeks ago, and then I was late recording. And when I was about to record, I saw that another podcast, a pretty big one, had done this particular case, and I was like, OMG, why would y'all do that? And I was almost intimidated. I didn't even listen to theirs, but this case has become a popular one, and it's been covered several times, so I get it. But What's one more time? I want to bring attention to this case for those of you who only tune in to my true crime podcast. Hey, y'all, it's a few of y'all out there, and you may not have heard of this story. If you have, maybe you'll learn something new. Carbondale, Illinois, this week I am in your backyard as I bring you an extremely frustrating story. This is the case of Praveen Varghese. In 2014, we have 19 year old Praveen Varagis. This is the youngest victim that I have ever done. Praveen was born in Evanston, Illinois on July 29, 1994, big Leo energy, to Lovely and Matthew Varagis. Praveen had two sisters, Priya and Preethi Varagis. His family was originally from India, but they moved to Illinois before Praveen was born. He grew up in the Chicago suburb of Morton Grove, where he and his family were really close to each other. Praveen was the only boy of three children, and in most Indian homes, it would be expected that he was held to a higher standard than his siblings when it came to achievements. But his parents did not put that pressure on him. Though he did want to achieve academically, he didn't necessarily feel pressure to do so, but he did because he wanted to. So when Praveen left home to go to Southern Illinois and pursue a degree in criminal justice, shout out to the criminal justice majors, his parents were in full support. Now, Southern Illinois is in Carbondale, Illinois, which was about a six-hour drive away from his parents' hometown in Morton Grove, Illinois. But that didn't really bother his parents because Wawa, as they called him, called home every night. They talked to him about everything that was going on, and they stayed pretty close while he was in school. And his cousin, Ashley, Ashley's a boy, was his roommate. So even though it was college, they still felt pretty close to him. I know when my people dropped me off at the illustrious North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University, They felt like they were throwing me to the wolves. Like, our baby is only 18, out there on her own in this college atmosphere. What did we do? Oh, what a time to be alive. But like me, Praveen was a great student, and his parents knew that. They knew how good of a kid he was, and they wanted him to get a great education. So they didn't stress too much. His freshman year, he excelled, and he was doing well. They never really had a problem out of him, and they were pretty aware of everything that was going on with him. As I said, they were close. He kept in touch with his parents and his sisters as well. He made it through his freshman year and then on to his sophomore year, still doing great, still calling home nightly, which I think is admirable for a college kid, and I'm sure it's peace of mind for the parentals. But during the spring semester of his sophomore year, Praveen's parents' peace of mind will be pulverized. On the morning of February 13, 2014, Praveen's cousin Ashley wakes up and he's preparing for his day. It's a Thursday, so classes are in full swing. But as he's getting ready for his classes, he notices that there's no sound or movement coming from Praveen's room. He knows that he has class and he should be moving around as well, but he's not. The door is closed, so he knocks, but nothing. He has to get out so that he's not late for his classes. On the way out, he sees Praveen's car is still in the complex's parking lot, so he's like, okay, cool. He's there. Maybe he just overslept, which is not unlikely because the night before, he and Praveen, along with some other friends, had attended a house party. A house party on a school night I wouldn't have done it back in my college days, but it's so not uncommon in the college world and usually very likely. Ashley goes on about his day and we talk to their other roommate later in the day. The roommate is like, hey, have you talked to Praveen? He didn't show up for class. And Ashley's like, nah, man. They are both concerned now because him possibly oversleeping is one thing, but not showing up for class? And he had a quiz. No, not okay. His cousin calls his sister and she says that she hasn't heard from him either. But his sister is like, don't call my parents yet. Because if we tell them that he's missing and he's really not missing and we give them a scare for nothing, that's a whole nother story that we're going to have to deal with. But when they are looking everywhere and there is no sign of Praveen anywhere, not in his room that they finally got access to, not the area of the party they were in, not in his car, nowhere. They have to make this a big deal. So on February 13th, 2014, Praveen Verghese was reported missing. His parents are notified and his mom, Lovely, is like, how? She had just spoken to him the night before on February 12th around 9 p.m. And she said he sounded fine. She was unaware that he was going to a party because not her, Praveen but she said he sounded all right. So what happened between last night when she talked to him and today? She wanted answers. His parents make the six hour drive from their home to Southern Illinois University in Carbondale on the quest for answers. They want to know what went down at that party, a party that they didn't even know that he was attending, but that's besides the point now. They just want to find their baby. As they are trying to piece things together and the police are talking to people who attended the party, there were reports that Praveen was drunk, like sloppy drunk, and he had gotten into it with a couple of people at the party. His mom is like, what? No, not my child. He doesn't even drink, and he's definitely not that kind of kid to get into it with someone. Why would y'all say that about him? just help me find my baby. Now, as a parent, sometimes you don't always know what your kids are up to, regardless of how close y'all are, especially when they are off at college. But again, his mom is like, okay, whatever. If you say he was drinking, fine, cool. I'll deal with that later. But right now, I need to find my baby. I need to know that he is all right. Now, They're talking to everyone in his inner circle, which is a small one, and the consensus was that they were all at a house party and they made plans to leave that house party and go down to a bar, a bar that was not too far, from the house party to celebrate one of his close friends' birthday. Praveen had already said he didn't plan on staying out too late because he had a quiz the next day and he wanted to get some sleep for that. So the plan was to go to this bar. His cousin left the house party at about 10.30, 10.45 p.m. because he had a late night shift to work at the same bar that everyone was going to go to. Everybody else was like, okay, let's just meet up there. The thing is, they had parked at the bar and walked to the house party because they weren't that far from each other, maybe five or six blocks. So it seemed as though everybody kind of just thought that that's what was going to happen next. They were going to walk back down to the bar, do a little bit more celebrating before everybody headed home. So again, his cousin is already at the bar starting his work shift. Some other friends are already there or already heading there. Praveen didn't immediately leave the house party because a couple of the girls that he was with weren't ready. But when it was time and he was ready, he went on to make that journey to the bar. They all assumed that he started walking towards the bar, and that's all they knew. But, they said, he was not this sloppy drunk that was reported to the police. Yeah, he was drinking, but he seemed fine, smiling and in a good mood. But he never showed up to the bar. Assumptions again, he had a quiz the next morning, so he went home. No one really thought anything of it. But someone needed to think something of something because now he was missing. They're investigating. They're looking. Reports are on the news and still nothing. As they are doing the investigation, a young man comes forward and was like, oh, I saw Praveen that night. He actually knocked on my window and asked me for a ride down to the bar. I couldn't give him one because I had a car full. He said that Praveen was like, cool, and kept walking. He didn't seem sloppy drunk. He seemed fine. Okay, so now maybe Praveen tried to hitch a ride with someone. Even though this bar is not far at all, maybe that's what happened. Because here's the thing. It's Illinois in February. It's cold. Praveen only had on jeans and a t-shirt, so he's not bundled up, and it's reported that it was 19-degree weather. And at night, in 19-degree weather, a five-block walk can feel like eternity. So maybe he was looking for a quick ride down to the bar. Carbondale is a small college city. Outside of the university, it's not a whole lot going on. Most people know everybody. And it seemed like a safe area or a safe enough area to ask someone for a ride. Well, it seemed that way. As the investigation is going on and they aren't getting any closer to finding out where Praveen is, his mom is getting really concerned. She's losing hope because it has been too long and she's thinking something has to have happened to my baby. She wasn't wrong. Five days after he went missing, on February 18, 2014, Praveen Verghese was found dead in a wooded area not too far from the house party that he attended. Praveen's friends and family were completely shattered. Like what, when, where, why, how? This is not right. I told you guys that on the night of February 12th that he went missing, it was really cold. Like Reports even said that it got down to two degrees. And the coroner's office determined that his cause of death was hypothermia they said he froze to death and at first it sounds possible but his mom is not taking that as an answer and as a nurse when she saw her son's dead body she's like no way this is more than hypothermia somebody beat my child there was a visible scar on his head And though the coroner's office said it was because it was frostbite, she was not accepting hypothermia as the cause of death. And police were like, well, that's what it is, so? The police chief held a press conference and was pretty much like, this was an accident. He went out, partied hard, ran in the woods, and froze to death. Yep, that's it. But no, not yet. Not it, because that's not the end of it. So again, remember I told you it was extremely cold outside and he had knocked on the young man's window to ask him for a ride. Apparently, that's not the only person he asked for a ride. And the next person that he did ask, he got it. Police said a recent acquaintance had given Praveen a ride around 11 p.m. But at some point, Praveen got out of the car and ran into the woods. And that's where he apparently froze to death. Nobody is accepting that. Who was this acquaintance and where did he come from? Because no. Come to find out, it wasn't an acquaintance at all. The person who gave Praveen a ride was 22-year-old Gage Bethune. Now, Gage Bethune was in the area at a party as well. He wasn't a college student, but he hung out around the college areas. It was reported by Gage that Praveen asked him for a ride, or more like told him to give him a ride. So he did. Now, the way that they know that Gage gave Praveen a ride is because Gage was pulled over that night by the police. The police said that Gage was acting suspicious and was like, what's going on? The police said that Gage told him that he had given this kid a ride and they got into a fight and the kid ran into the woods. After he told the police that on the night that Praveen went missing, the police was like, hmm, suspicious, but okay." He lets Gage go. He didn't report this incident, and he didn't even go looking for Praveen in the woods. And it wasn't until five days later, after Praveen's body was found, that the police came forward. So many things to unpack there. But just listen to what Gage said in his interview once he was finally brought in to the police station. Well, he voluntarily went to the police station. This is what he had to say.
1: I'm just gonna take you back to the evening of uh, last Wednesday, February 12th. Um, this is the night that we've been talking about here. Um, and I want to, and I understand that you came to Carbonell that night, but why don't you start with how you got here, um, what you drove and who you came with. Okay, I drove my own vehicle, 2003 Dodge Ram 1500. Drove my cousin, Jonathan Stanley. drove Cardinal. That's how we got there. I drove my truck there. Okay. And uh, was anybody else with you guys? You Jonathan remember? Stanley. Just, just Jonathan, but yeah. well, was anybody else in the truck with you? No, sir. Okay. Uh, so tell us how you first came into contact with him. I was leaving the party, okay. and he came up to my window and said, hey, give me a ride. And I said, where are you going? He said, ride down the road. So I said, okay, you know, go ahead, and get in. It's cold outside. Nobody needs to be walking when it's cold uh, for the main ride. Driving along. Right here. You know, make a left here. Right here. 30 minutes goes by. Yada, yada, yada. Talking on the phone with his friends about some cocaine, whatever it was. He was hyped up a little bit. Just driving. I tell him, I said, you know, ask him multiple times where are you going, where's your destination. He can't really give me the exact spot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's... Didn't know where he was going or was just trying to hang out. So I don't know what he was doing. But I told him, look, I got to go. And he wasn't cooperating. I made my right. And then I think that's when he realized, hey, I'm getting taken away from my place. And that's when he started to rage a little bit. And he I mean, he would not get out of my truck. Every time I told him, hey, dude, just go ahead and get out. I have to go home. I don't have any gas. You know, I look up at my little gas thing. So I don't have any gas. I can't be driving around. I got to make it back home. Still nothing. Can't really tell me where. Can't tell you where he's going. So I just pulled over on the side of the highway right there after he hit me in the face and figured I'd get out. You know, I have to get him out some type of way. Mm-hmm. So he gets out, he swings on me. I back up. And I hit him one time. He kind of stumbles, grabs my hoodie, pulls me with him. We roll down the hill a little bit. Like I said, a couple you know hits were exchanged on the way. And he was on top of me at one point, and I was on top of him at one point. Never once in, it the fight maybe lasted. 30 seconds. I Myself, I wouldn't even really call it a fight. Mm-hmm. A little scuffle. You know, <clears throat> we just rolled around. That's when the cop showed up. And he asked me what happened. And I told him, pretty much got hijacked. Guy wouldn't get out of mm-hmm. my car. He swung on me. Self defense. I moved back. Dodge it. Where he would say duck, dodge, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I hit him. Then he started stomping back and he grabbed me. Okay. And we rolled down the hill. He was on top. I was on top. He was on top. I was on top. Punches were exchanged. He hit me on top of the head and I'd not hit. I not him. Like I said, I know I got one good connect. Mm-hmm. Now, the rest of them, I don't know if they hit him in the side of the head or there's only a couple punches thrown. Mm-hmm. And then the cop rolled up. Okay. And I said, Cops. And I got up and I walked straight to the police officer. Because, okay. like I said, I was scared for my life. 30 minutes to driving around Cardinal. I ain't never drove around Cardinal like that. Mm-hmm. Somebody I don't know talking about cocaine with somebody I didn't know who he was talking to. Sure. So, I, just told, I mean, I told the cop, he's in these woods somewhere. Mm-hmm. He just ran off. I didn't tell him we got in a you know, little scuffle. Mm-hmm. I, I'd been drinking. I didn't want really to get in no trouble at the time. I was ready to go home. So, of course, I was going to tell the cop, you know, hey, now I've been drinking. He just hopped out and he ran mm-hmm. into the woods. In my eyes, it was like he was overruling me. You know, I was scared for my life. Sure. I didn't know what he was capable of. Okay. Definitely wasn't my race. And you know, I ain't used to be, you know, I used, I'm not used to being on that type of think, population and those type of people.
0: Now, I played that much of the interview because I really wanted y'all to hear this man. Listen, he lied throughout this entire interview. He said Praveen was hype. Praveen wasn't hype. He said he made a phone call to somebody talking about cocaine. He never made a phone call. His phone records show that. He said that he attacked him. He didn't attack him first. None of that. He admitted that he lied to the police about drinking. He repeated some of the same stuff over and over again. And he was like, I've never been around those type of people. Indian is what he was referring to. People of color. He kept calling Praveen the kid, the boy. Kept saying self-defense and he was scared for his life. He is a liar, Because according to several of Gage's tweets, he preyed on people of color. I'll read three of them to you verbatim, straight from Gage's Twitter fingers. About a year before Praveen's death, but you'll get the picture of the kind of person that he was. April 11th, 2013, Gage tweets, ain't never too late to hustle some weak ass niggas. Hashtag steady, hashtag making, hashtag cash. April 11, 2013, a little after that first tweet. Busting niggas in the head. April 11, 2013, later in the day. Easy licks, hashtag the best. So Gage, a young white man, liked to rob young brown boys and sources and inferences would say that that's what he thought would occur with Praveen. But Praveen fought back. Gage likely was getting the best of him, and it's possible that Praveen ran into the woods to get away from him. But it's my consensus, and the consensus of many other people, that Praveen was beat to death by Gage and left to die. So, he admitted to getting into a fight with him, On the night that he went missing, and he didn't even come forward, it was his cousin who told on him, I think that's grounds for an arrest. (laughs) Not in Carmadale. He wasn't arrested. And to make it even worse, everyone was like, Praveen was sloppy drunk. He was talking about cocaine, is what Gage said. His toxicology report showed that there was no trace of alcohol or drugs in his bloodstream. It was alcohol in his urine just stating or saying that he was drinking but definitely not sloppy drunk as people try to make it seem. The investigators still determined that there was no foul play even after Gage's interview and they determined that Praveen froze to death. The first autopsy said that it was hypothermia No injuries, and it was accidental. But his family was like, no, you guys cannot tell us that he died because he was out there so long that he froze to death. This boy killed my son. His family did an independent autopsy, and it reported 22 injuries. Significant blood force trauma to the head. But the immediate manner of death was undetermined. This is all just so messy it's clear that gage had something to do with this but he is out free and the police chief and higher ups in carbondale were like this case is closed move around it was an accident nothing more to see here carbondale is apparently known for corruption and this case seems to prove that but lovely praveen's mom was not having any of this she filed a wrongful death lawsuit against gage but that didn't really lead to anything. The police chief was extremely rude and dismissive during this entire investigation. And he eventually stepped down. Not directly because of this case, but because he was just a dingbag. It wasn't until Lovely started speaking to the media that someone even took the case serious. It had to be highlighted that this is a brown boy in Carbondale, Illinois, that was beat by a white boy that people started paying attention And in 2017, a grand jury indicted Gage Bethune on two felony counts of murder, three years after Praveen's death. He pled not guilty and went to trial in 2018. The prosecution claimed that Gage assaulted Praveen, and that's what led to his death, the blood force trauma and the fact that he was beaten. The defense claimed that Gage acted in self-defense with the cause of death being hypothermia and nothing else. The jury found Gage Bethune guilty of first-degree murder, and he was to be sentenced later in 2018. Oh, but that's not how the story ends. While he was awaiting his sentencing, a judge vacated, which means dismissed, the verdict stating that some of the wording in the indictment could have been confusing to the jurors. What's confusing about murder, sir? Apparently, the wording for the charges was confusing. This led to the prosecutors dropping the charges against Gage, but hoping to build a new case. They stated that they intended to pursue Felony murder charges for the retrial, but a date has not been set for a new trial. Engaged Bethune is currently a free man. As of today, he is walking these streets, free to go and get what he say an easy lick. The system, man. This case is now in the appellate court. And Lovely is still fighting for justice for her son. And Praveen's family gives a scholarship to students studying criminal justice in his memory. This is usually where I would say such and such was an amazing person, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But my heart won't allow me to do that in this case. Because during my research, I saw a lot of racist and bigoted things from Praveen as well. Yes, he was a victim in this case. And the things that he said on social media doesn't mean he wasn't a good person. But I will say this. Praveen Varughese was a kid. And he had his whole life ahead of him to learn and change a lot of the behaviors he exhibited. No, he did not deserve to die. Especially in the manner that he did. Regardless of the things that he stated, I do pray that his memory lives on and his family gets the justice they deserve. Until next time, couch detectives, keep an eye out on your backyard.